Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Last time I saw my next guest, she was addressing a packed audience of parents at one of her talks, her public talks, and it was like they were waiting for a rock star. (laughs) And to many, that's what Maggie Dent is. Maggie, who's laughing away in the background there, is a parenting educator and author who speaks with the understanding of a mother of four boys and the lived experience, which I think is key here, of working across many different fields of teaching, counselling, working in palliative care, funeral services and suicide prevention. She's on the show today to talk about when little boys start school. Hi Maggie, how are Hi, you? Siobhan, I forgot my lippy. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I know, that's I'm 61, the problem. it doesn't matter anymore. Oh look, you know, this is a head for radio, Maggie. Hmm. Anyway, look, um, why yep. do we need to be aware of the issues boys face when they're starting school? Don't both sexes face the same challenges? Yeah, look, it would, it would be lovely with that simple, but we, we have got significant research that shows, and I think we've chatted about it before, haven't we, Siobhan, that um, our little boys are often a little bit slower to bloom in terms of the, um, you know, the things that are, that are really important in school, and that's language, um, that's communication, that's also being able to sit Uh, follow directions, remember, listen, um, and they're biologically wired to play. And so, of course, um, and we've pushed down formal learning. It's, you know, when my my oldest, who's now 35, oh, my goodness, am I that old? Uh, <laughs> you know, year one was what we do for five-year-olds now. So, um, you know, and I look at that and I thought there were days he was so worn out. Uh, I'd hate to think what he would do now. So, so once again, we can. There's always been issues around readiness, um, and significant re- research shows that about by five years of age, around a statistically significant number of boys um, are either six to eighteen months behind girls in the sorts of things that make it matter in a classroom. So uh, that that's a worry. But also, uh, as you know from my my seminar. Um, Boys are actually emotionally a lot more vulnerable than we think, and quite often they, when they don't feel that they can get something right, or they didn't listen, or they, they're really confused, or they're frightened, they just get angry quite often and aggressive. So of course, all those things we go, oh, why are they being bad? In actual fact, they're not quite coping. So I was sitting sitting there one day thinking I was chatting to a lady whose son was about to. She was really beautiful mum, absolutely devoted, lovely mum, but I knew she was overselling. Starting, starting school, school. <laughs> and so I thought, holy heck, because there's a pragmatism to, to boys and men, isn't there? There's a uh, what we need to do, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, and I do remember my second son coming home after a week and saying, "Well, um, I don't need to go anymore, Mum. You said they'd teach me to read, and I can't read." <laughs> he thought it was going to happen in the first week. <laughs> oh, so, so some of the sorts of things that we need to be mindful of is that boys actually biologically have a little less serotonin than girls, which is the calming kind of chemical neurotransmitter. And they also run out of um, dopamine quicker than girls, which is the capacity to stay engaged. Apparently it's to do with an enzyme in the muscle layer. And I think I've talked to you about that because us girls just mainly have fat, boys have more muscle. So we need to have conversations before our little boys go to those sorts of things that talk to them about the need when they want to fidget because fidgeting is trying to make dopamine so I can stay concentrating and being a good boy. Right. Right? Yeah. You see, so often boys get busted because they don't sit 
still and yet they've just got nothing left in their little dopamine tank so little things of um, possibly if they're sitting in a chair they could rock or they could tap their feet really quietly on the floor um, they can also squeeze their hands or even squeeze their fists together because if they can make some dopamine that'll actually help them pay attention more can I ask you yes. a question here that I mm. completely did not flag with you I'm just throwing this at yeah. you out of the blue yeah. um, in the papers today there's been a report saying that um, the youngest kids in our classes, particularly boys, have been potentially misdiagnosed with ADHD. Mm. And it sounds like you're speaking exactly to that. This is exactly what I've been jumping up and down about since I wrote Stop Stealing Childhood in the Name of Education. Um, And particularly that's a West Australian stuff. So West Australia, it's absolutely compulsory the year your child turns five, regardless of readiness. You have no choice. Right. So you're lucky you live in New South Wales and Victoria and other places where you've actually got some choice because there are early years educators will say this child's not quite ready. And it can be girls, but it is predominantly our boys for exactly all the reasons that I've been banging on about. Like when I saw the report, it saddens me because some of the symptoms are very similar. Yeah. And um, so, you know, ADHD is a really real and valid thing. I've seen children improve radically with um, medication if they have it. However, if you medicate a child who doesn't have it, it doesn't make it, yeah, and it's not good. So you're absolutely right. It's almost like, why are we in such a hurry? And I think we've also diminished the power of play and what play does for children, particularly boys, because this is a, we've got children now so much screen focused that they're not doing as much play before they even get to, to get kindy and school. So therefore, they don't have the social and emotional competence to be able to read the facial expressions of when it's time to back off or I'm not happy with that, what you've just done or, or all the sorts of things that we want our children to have is that you don't hit because you want something. And is that uh, boys as well? Are yes. they socially? Yes. Socially behind again. Because and, that's like one of the key yeah indicators of how they'll do academically, won't it? What we know is that girls can develop friendships um, a little more easily than boys because they talk. So a boy can sit next to a boy he really loves going broom, broom, broom in a sandpit with no words. But what builds a sense of connection is um, lots of time doing that. So proximity, um, repeated joyful experiences that are often highly rambunctious and noisy and risky. So all of those sorts of things, we keep shortening playtime. We keep shortening lunchtime. So I wanted to throw through a couple of my tips. And oh, you know I'd there's an article online, but when I started writing, I thought, oh my God, there's an awful lot of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So don't oversell it. Don't oversell school. Just say, look, really, this is something we have to do. The good thing is, the good news is that there's playtime and lunchtime. Yep. Um, the second thing is um, that we that boys very rarely will poo at school. Um, you have to be relaxed. When you told me this, I just I, I heard you say this, in a, and I was like, "What?" I know, but it's true. Yeah, and it, it's terribly true. And men are quite. We laugh because they take so long sometimes, aren't they? And the toilet yeah. thing, they're just avoiding everything and. Quite often it takes them a while to get to a relaxed place. So <laughs> I keep warning mummies, if you go to collect your son um, after kindy or something and, and you're starting to chat to mums, he might have a poo banking up and he, he will start <laughs> kicking you because he can't articulate that he needs to go to the, the toilet. toilet. Mm. So again, be careful of that. Do, is it okay if I chat? Because he'll be able to tell you that he's okay. Now you need to be prepared for the meltdown after school because it takes so much energy out of a little boy to listen and try and remember and try and follow rules and be good and um, draw in lines because remember they're quite often not as good as girls and that just absolutely empties the cup. So what he does when he sees you, the person he often loves most in the world, 
it's finally able to all pour out and he can be really revolting. (laughs) Absolute meltdowns. And you go, oh my God, am I the only person? So remember, it's all about brain chemicals. So he's got no dopamine left and no serotonin. Uh, He probably won't let you hug him initially because he just wants to kick you because you make him come. Yeah, right. He actually wants to stay home and just hang around and be happy. So be prepared. Always have some good food ready to shove in his mouth because once again, food triggers some good neurochemicals. Be prepared to be ridiculous. Um, uh, laugh and if you can fart and I know (laughs) a farting cushion can really turn a little boy around quite quickly if you can't fart Um, you're incapable yourself yes incapable get some help I'm well trained Um, (laughs) flashing you know like glasses with lights on you need some props in your door because novelty can cheer a boy up quite quickly but not necessarily a girl so we've got to look at my job is to help put some stuff in that thing sometimes if you can play for a while if the school lets you have a bit of a play play builds up that as well so we've got to keep those things in mind and also be careful if your son spots you outside the room he might come at you at 150 miles an hour and nearly take your legs out <laughs> my son does that and now what yeah. he's trying to say is i've missed you so much mm. and i love you but he can't articulate so sometimes when we reread these things we say okay i've got look at the look on his face he can't fake that mm. so if it's got frowns and it's looking dark it's not going to be good unless you take some really fun, you know, things to lift him in that space. Um, they will, nine times out of ten, be hungry a lot more often than we think. And I think that's the other thing um, at different times. Um, boys, when they're hungry, go straight to anger and frustration. Another one that's really quite handy is please don't interrogate him when he does get in the car. Don't say, oh, how was school? And did you eat your lunch? He has no idea. He has nothing. He's got nothing. He can't even remember the day. He just can't (laughs) wait to get home. And us mums and us women, we want everything now. Just trust me. Just trust me. Just rub his leg, ruffle his head, fake punch on the arm, put some maybe funky music on that he likes, say nothing, even though it nearly kills us, doesn't it? And then around bath time, sometimes it starts tumbling out because he's regrouped energetically and then he starts off and he will talk to you. So the more we chase him and interrogate him, the less that happens. Can I ask, I mean, these are really great Mm. um, points for supporting them through the all the yep. days of school. Yep. Um, I know myself, because my daughter's starting school, that the thing on my mind is the first day. Yep. Do you have advice for parents of boys for the first day and what yeah. works well for them? Well, I know the number one, absolute number one thing is to make sure he sees what's in his lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> Before he even Because he's got to make sure he knows right. that he's got something to look forward to. Okay. The second thing that works particularly well, is there a friend? If there's a friend that he knows his face is going to light up and he's got someone to play with, that makes the whole day easier. There's no question, which I know it's nothing to do with you being the mother. These are the two things that can trigger quite good things. And then I think the third one is giving him, um, um, giving him that permission that it's it, it sometimes a bit wobbly on the first day of anything. So letting have permission to feel a little bit frightened and a little bit anxious. And one of the tips I, I work with... Um, children who struggle a little bit early on is to get them to do round and round the garden in the palm of their hand underneath the desk or even while they're lining up because what it does if they've had it as a child it triggers the same endorphin pathways that make them feel safe yep so these just little tricks and also teaching them to breathe when they feel frightened because it's incredibly frightening because they're a little like wired to be warriors and they want to do good but they only want to have fun yeah 
right? So if there's not much fun, and usually most, um, you know, first days are quite fun. We don't hit them too hard early on. But they're, right, they're the sorts of key things. And keep reassuring them that you are going to pick them up. I know that sounds ridiculous, but there's this kind of different way of seeing the world through a boy's eye. What if you don't come and get me? Or, you know, that fear of abandonment mm. that Steve Bedoff talks about. There's this incredible sensitivity in little boys. And quite often with younger ones, I'd tuck a really favourite toy right down the bottom of their backpack. Like nobody can see it. Yeah. You know? Well, it's funny when you say that. My son, um, he's just started a new daycare and he's been, he transitioned really well. The first week was horrific because they're three days. Yep. The next week was much better. And then this morning he came up to me and he doesn't have a lot of language mm. at the moment, but he said, he just said something like, you'll, you'll pick me up, you, you won't leave me. I can't remember the yes. words he used, but it made it sound like he was worried yep. that we were going to drop him off at his daycare and never come back. And I, went, I, I got down and I said, darling, yeah, we'll, I will never leave you anywhere. I know. But I was like, oh. So he, he constantly asks. Yep. He's really good when he's there. He Beautiful. knows his carers. He's yep. well yep. integrated. But yep. that question about will you come back, who's picking me up? Just in case you might forget me. So what that can sometimes happen is someone can be a little bit late picking another child up and they've gone, oh, that could be me. You know, so what they see through their own eyes is quite different to what we sometimes, you know, carry on with and see. It's, It's amazing. Beautiful thing is you did something, Yvonne, that I just wish a lot more of us did. You knelt down. I keep on saying the biggest thing for our boys is how can I keep filling up his love cup without drowning with I love you? And, you know, I'm really passionate about sort of bedtime rituals that are matter, but the, the really is is the positive touch that whenever he's near me, I've either got my hand, if he's, if he's obviously hasn't got sensory processing issues, I'll be tickling his tickle spot or I'll maybe if he likes me to hold his hand or ruffle that head or a fake punch on the arm. It's those little connections. It's the wink. It's the, it's the funny face. Yeah, it's a thumb up. Boys are actually really attuned to the visual stuff quite often and not so good on the verbal stuff. And yet quite often us, we prefer the verbal. So it's continually filling the cup that makes him feel really connected to you, that helps him feel safe when he's not near us. It doesn't matter which parent it is, it's the same sort of thing. Incredibly sensitive to thinking they're not going to come and get me and not being abandoned in the bush. I know, can you imagine? I'm like, Gosh. Even the toughest of our boys, even our most, you know, rooster boys who have got high energy and are confident, there's a fragility underneath it, you know, and that's why we have to have passionate early as educators who develop relationships with our children, particularly our boys, because that just is like the secondary attachment. They're an extension of my family. And so I keep saying to people, particularly when you have to go to work and you're leaving your little ones, that if your son doesn't want to come home, that's a great sign. <laughs> Do not <laughs> might get wounded. break your heart, yeah, but might it's break a good your sign. Heart, it's a fabulous sign <laughs> that he feels loved and connected. Oh, that's great. Thank you for your time now, <laughs> Thank Maggie. Thank you. That was Maggie Dent, author and parenting educator. To find Maggie's advice and tips for preparing your little boy for school, just head to our website that's kindling.com.au and search for maggie that's m-a-g-g-i-e you've been listening to kindling conversation if you enjoyed it there's plenty more where that came from find other stories and interviews at our website just head to kindling.com.au